25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday. Erev Shabbos. Erev Rosh Chodesh. Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Parshas HaChodesh. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
JM in the AM, there we go. That's Nachas, brand new, but Elim Hashem is the name of that one. You heard Barry Weber with Shabbos He, Yehia Chodesh, after all, Rosh Chodesh begins tonight, that's Menucha. Avraim Avram Fried's Hallelujah. you heard Yehuda Green and Yehuda both doing Hodu Hashem. I think we've done that before, back-to-back, Hodu Hashem from both Yehuda Green and Yehuda. Eitan Katz with his Hodu Hashem, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Tazria, Erev Shabbos HaChodesh, Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, three Torahs tomorrow in what is um, going to be a glorious morning in the synagogues around the world, three wonderful Torahs, three uh, separate occasions for each one, obviously. And uh, a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh day uh, coming up starting tonight. Keep in mind Yalav Yavo for tonight. Keep in mind uh, all the traditional additions for a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, including Atiyotzarta. Uh, it is going to be a very special Shabbos coming up in our community worldwide. A couple of weeks before the big holiday, and you know what that means. We're stepping up our efforts to remind everybody about Chesed, to remind everybody about doing something nice. And meaningful, even if it's a small gesture, even if it costs very, very, very little money. Uh, and of course, we're not discouraging people from spending a lot of money to help people in need, uh, especially when uh, you have an opportunity in your own neighborhood to help somebody who's um, who would benefit greatly from a grocery supermarket gift card, uh, who would benefit greatly from uh, dinner being sent to their home on Wednesday and Thursday night before Yom Tov, before Pesach. And, of course, all of the other conditions, or I should say all of the other suggestions that we've had when it comes to um, the Nissan Chesed campaign. There's a lot to do, and there's a lot of people out there who uh, who are in need. And even those who are not in need, when a nice gesture is done for them, hopefully they will then go ahead, turn around, and perform a nice gesture, do a nice gesture for somebody before the Chag, we call that a chain reaction, a domino effect of Chesed, and that is what we're looking for during this Nissan Chesed campaign here at JM in the AM. A bit of an unusual for all. Oh, we should mention candlelighting time in New York, 7 p.m. Candlelighting time in New York, 7 p.m. A lot of synagogues do begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are, and make sure you know when things start wherever you are around the world. The candlelighting that I just uh, said is a relatively early candlelighting time for for this Shabbos, I think a lot of people will be going with 7.01 or 7.02. We're going to announce 7 p.m. here at JM in the AM. It's been a very uh, overwhelming week for us, to say the least. Um, I can't imagine that this will be a uh, an easy couple of days ahead, uh, as uh, the enormity of this week has begun to really set in. Uh, but we're hoping, nonetheless, that uh, we can enjoy and have a wonderful Shabbos, and um, and then get back to trying to figure it all out after the um, NSN studio fire that uh, absolutely horrified us this past Sunday. Um, Today, as I said, a little bit of an unusual Friday. We will hear from Harry Rothenberg, please God. We will hear from Rabbi Yudin, please God. Malcolm Holmline originally, even before the fire, told me he would not be able to make it today. But I, I figured um, with the circumstances the way they are, maybe we could uh, get somebody on the air who would um, 
who would on this uh, Erev Rosh Chodesh be able to um, give us some chizuk and perspective and speak more about chesed, etc. And even though he is uh, far away and in a very early time zone, <laughs> he's not in Israel where it would be a later time zone and easier for him. He's in a very early time zone this morning. Rabbi Pesach Krohn has said that he will be calling in toward the end of the 7 o'clock hour. We'll have an opportunity to speak with him, and I imagine... Uh, that those words will become uh, words of great inspiration and wonderful chizuk and comfort to uh, those of us who need it. Uh, so that's going to be happening toward the uh, end of the 7 o'clock hour this morning, please God. We're here until 9 o'clock. It's a JM and AM Friday. Naomi Nachman with a brand new show coming up at uh, at 9. At 10, it's the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Great programming all day long. As we've been saying, we're not letting the current circumstance... Uh, derail us at all we are uh, trying very hard to make sure that doesn't happen and um, and that's a commitment we've always had to this amazing audience more coming up it's jm in the am and uh keep it here keep it here with ari goldwag
above, we get to bond with those we love. And there's one more plus. Our parents spend more time with us. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbat. Oh, my God. 
נביט כולם ביחד לשמיים. הם פתוחים באור גדול, הלילה בשביל שניים. כל ששון וכל שמחה, כל חטאה וחלה. וזה היום, קדוש כולו, תכלית הבריאה. והשכינה עומדת כאן, זכה וטהורה. Marsha Klein with Bowie Kala. You heard Mayane, brand new from Eitan Katz. Journey's brand new with Baruch Hashem at Shabbos. Echad Odea, brand new from Uri Davidi. And Ari Goldwag had its gishmak to be a yid here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard the listeners sponsor digital radio around the world of web and AchimSegal.com on the AchimSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. I want to give a special shout-out to ZK. He uh, created this system to allow me in a uh, very limited but um, effective way to communicate with the world, and I want to thank him very, very much, our broadcast engineer extraordinaire. Harry Rothenberg coming up. We'll do our news from Israel next. Uh, 7 o'clock hour. I know you're used to hearing Malcolm Holmline. He did inform me last week that he wouldn't be able to join us this week. We've asked Rabbi Pesach Krohn, who has... Um, graciously agreed even though he's in a far away very early time zone he has uh, graciously agreed to join us later with some words of chizuk no doubt here at jm in the am so i'm going to thank her by crone in advance for that i remind you we're in the middle of our nisan chesed program our nisan chesed initiative as rosh chodesh nisan begins tonight 
We remind everybody that we have two weeks to go to the big holiday, and there are a lot of people in need out there, and a lot of people just in need of a pat on the back or a or a uh, recognition, acknowledgement that their friends and neighbors know that they're going through something. Do what you can to help everybody out there have a wonderful yontif and a more meaningful yontif. And we're hoping that when you go ahead and do something nice for someone else, that they'll in turn go ahead and do the same thing to create this chain reaction of chesed. That is what we are hoping. And um, we hope you'll participate. A chain reaction of chesed. Nothing wrong with that. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, באולפן שני חיימוביץ עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שר הבריאות ניצן הורוביץ יצא בימים הקרובים לאוקראינה, כך הודיעו בלשכתו. הורוביץ יהיה הבכיר הישראלי הראשון שמגיע לשם מאז החלה הפלישה, והוא ייסע בליווי משלחת רפואית. ישראל ואיחוד האמירויות השלימו את המשא ומתן להסכם אזור סחר חופשי בין המדינות. הנושא נדון בפגישתם של ראש הממשלה בנט ויורש העצר מוחמד בן זייד באבו אבי בדצמבר האחרון, בה סוכם על האצת המגעים לחתימה, וכן בפגישתם במצרים בשבוע שעבר, בה סיכמו המנהיגים על השלמת ההסכם תוך ימים. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מציינת כי ההסכם ההיסטורי כולל בין היתר סוגיות הנוגעות לסחר, לרבות מכס, סחר בשירותים, רכש ממשלתי, סחר, סחר אלקטרוני ושמירה על זכויות קניין רוחני. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מוסיפה כי 95% מהמוצרים הנסחרים בין המדינות כלולים בהסכם ויהיו פטורים ממכס באופן מיידי או הדרגתי. הרמטכ"ל רב-אלוף אביב כוכבי הגיע הבוקר למרחב התפר לנקודה בחצה המחבל שביצע את הפיגוע בבני ברק על מנת לתחקר את האירוע. בתום ביקורו קבע כוכבי כי המחבל ניצל מעבר חקלאי שנועד לרווחת הפלסטינים וכלכלתם על מנת לבצע את הפיגוע הרצחני. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש. חמישה בני אדם נעצרו היום באילת בחשד להחזקת אמצעי לחימה, תחמושת וסמים בדירה בה שהו. כתבנו בדרום רמי שני מוסר שבית משפט השלום בעיר האריך את מעצרם עד יום שלישי. אוקראינה ורוסיה חידשו היום את שיחות השלום במתכון מקוונת, כך הודיע משרד הנשיאות של אוקראינה, אך לא סיפק פרטים נוספים. משלחות משתי המדינות קיימו ביום שלישי שיחות בטורקיה, ולאחר מכן אמור שליח אוקראינה למשא ומתן שעולות ממנו, אמר שליח אוקראינה למשא ומתן שעולות ממנו תחושות חיוביות כלשונו. מזג האוויר חם ויבש מהרגיל עד שרבי ברוב אזורי הארץ, אלה החדשות שערכה היום רומי לוין.
רוצים להישען, רוצים רק
J.M. in the A.M. with Shlomo Katz. That's, of course, uh, Bowie Vishalom here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, uh, before that, you heard a Rafal Malul with uh, Daga Minayan. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes all the delicious and incredible uh, uh, products, that uh, many of which you'll be able to use for the um, holiday of Pesach. Go to your supermarket and enjoy the incredible line of A&H products, especially now, this time of year. You need a great uh, Holomoid meal? A&H is there for you. Delicious hot dogs, salamis, all the easy stuff to prepare and serve for your family, <laughs> if there is anything easy about Pesach. Try A&H today. And a big shout-out to our friends at Abels and Hyman, and a big thank you to them. A reminder that uh, our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms continue to uh, do everything in their power to make the Pesach shopping experience as easy as possible. They've got it all, aisles and aisles filled with great kosher products for Pesach. Plus, of course, a full meat section, kosher of Pesach, and their Mechis takeout, their deli counter, is going to be uh, completely kosher of Pesach starting on April the 3rd. So go to Aaron's Casino Farms or online, casinofarms.com. Enjoy a shopping experience that will make your pre-Pesach routine much, much easier and more pleasant. It's hard at these supermarkets. Lots of lines, big crowds. People try to prepare for the holiday. Aaron's tries to make it as easy as possible on everybody. Check it out. Aaron's Casino Farms and Casino Boulevard in Queens, New York. Harry Rothenberg has words about Parshas Tazria on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Here he is at JM in the AM. Most of you probably heard about the wild event that happened during the Oscars award show this past Sunday night. The famous actor Will Smith, shortly before winning the award for Best Male Actor, was sitting in the audience during the show when one of the presenters, Chris Rock, a comedian, made a joke about Will Smith's wife in connection with a medical condition from which he suffers. Smith took offense and on live television, ran onto the stage, slapped Rock hard across the face, and then walked back to his seat while yelling profanities at Rock. I'm not here to offer my opinions about the actions of either one. There have already been thousands of commentators and writers who have done so. I don't know what I have to add to that debate. I wanted to talk about the timing of the event because it took place during this week's Torah portion of Tazreya, wherein we learn the laws of the Mitzorah. A Mitzorah is someone who suffers from Tsaras. That word has been translated for years and still often mistranslated as leprosy. Leprosy is a medical condition that, like Tsaras, involves spots on a person's skin. But if it was a medical condition, the Torah would advise the person who thinks they may be suffering from it to go see a doctor. Instead, God tells that person to go see a Kohen because it's not a physical medical condition. It's a spiritual condition. The sages explain that it is a divine consequence for certain specific infractions. Chief among them, slander, saying something negative about someone else. What a lesson. Words hurt. And we're getting that lesson this week in front of millions and millions of people during the total portion that screams that lesson that words hurt. In fact, the lesson is so important that God does something that he doesn't do in any other context. Can you imagine if every time a Jewish person ate pork, his or her tooth would fall out? Pretty soon, every Jew would be keeping kosher. But God doesn't work that way because we have free will. He wants us each to make our own decisions. We're each free to choose 
whether or not to observe each of the commandments. But here he bends that rule and has a specific consequence for a specific infraction. Why? Because the lesson is that important that words hurt. Whether someone is present and you're embarrassing them publicly, or even if it's behind their back. And even if it's true, if it's not false, defamation, libel, slander, it's true. They did do that terrible, horrible, negative, embarrassing thing. You still can't talk about it. Words hurt. Be careful.
אוסף כרמילים, לדיבור אחד, מחשבה חיובית עומד ומחכה, שתאיר לי פנים. כל זמן שהלב הוא דולק אל רצון כזה, לשמיים פונה ופתאום מתגלה, שזה התפקיד של החושך. Wow, Mordechai Shapiro. Before that, Avi Hess with L'Chad Dodi. You heard Enkel Okena done by Lizzie Klotzko. Zevi Weinstock and Ari Zucker together with that Donim's Miro selection, which is so beautiful. JM and AM, good morning all. Thanks for joining us. 7.31 in the morning. Malcolm Honline informed us last week that he wouldn't be able to join us today. I've asked Rabbi Pesach Kron, I've asked Rabbi Pesach Kron to join us later on in the 7 o'clock hour. I have a feeling he'll have some words of chizuk and an important message for this community as we are two weeks away from the holiday of Pesach. And I'm trying not to focus too much this morning on the, on the tragedy of the week for us, which is the fire, but it is difficult not to acknowledge certain things that I see on the cause match campaign. First of all, The most amazing thing is that um, we have 893 donors. It is remarkable to me that we're about to hit 900 donors, people around the world who care so much. Listener Rachel, 10 times high. Dear Nachum and all concerned, you, you're, you reach far and wide and are appreciated. Tadaraba. Wow. Thank you for that. Ten times high anonymous. Always enjoyed JMM living in the New York metro area in the 80s. Thank you. <laughs> $54 from listener Esty, a proud Lower East Sider. Wow. Thank you. Irene and Stephen Grossman. These are my uh, sister-in-law's parents. Looking forward to your comeback. Mikhail Ochail. Thank you. Um... Anonymous, keep doing good things for the Jewish people. Uh, 
Yisrael and Sarala, Nachum, we grew up listening to you. It's amazing that even in this time, somehow you are the one giving us Chizuk. May we build stronger than ever and continue to spread the Chizuk and joy you've done all these years. Thank you for that. Yeah, this is not easy. This has been a very, very painful week, and uh, frankly, off the air is even more painful uh, than on the air. But uh, we're trying. We're trying very hard to keep on going. Full slate and full schedule, as you would suspect. Naomi Nachman, brand new, with a table for two coming up at 9 o'clock. Mark Zomik with a brand new Erev Shabbos show for Parshas Tazria, for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, for Parshas Achodesh. All coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Full day of the Erev Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler, who left me the most beautiful message, and I thank him. A lot of people reminding me with messages that thank God everybody's safe, and yes, you have no idea how much we're thanking God that everybody is safe. But it's a, a painful situation. Um, then we move on to Matis, of course. One of the stalwarts. JM Sunday, this coming Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And please, God, I'll join everybody Monday, see exactly how that'll work out. Whether one of my substitute hosts will be in or I will be in, but uh, we certainly hope to continue Monday morning with what we call a back-to-school, back-to-work edition of JM in the AM. That's our goal is to keep getting into a normal groove as much as possible. And um, that's the goal. And hopefully we'll be able to achieve that goal, I pray. Rabbi Pesach Krohn is going to join us coming up here at JM in the AM. He is pretty amazing himself. We'll speak with him coming up. Rabbi Yudin. He has prepared words on Parshas Tazria and this week's events. We'll speak with him coming up, or he'll speak with us coming up at JMAM as well. Our friends at Shop Eichlers have another sale to talk about before you. I think they have 10 days of sales, right? <laughs> and uh, this one goes until April the 4th. The, the Shabbos light, and I'm talking about an industry that you talk about an industry that's really exploded over the years. You can't imagine the variety of Shabbos lights in all different brands that are available now. Go to shopbyclothes.com. Go to shopbyclothes.com between now and April the 4th. Take advantage of the big Shabbos light sale. Remember, they have same-day delivery to many, many neighborhoods of both New York and New Jersey. And, of course, they'll take very good care of you to get to your item as soon as possible, no matter where you are. Shopbyclothes.com, key website to keep in mind before the Chag. Shopbyclothes.com. Um... Again, I wanted to give a shout-out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms who are doing everything in their power to make the uh, to make the before Yontif shopping experience as easy as possible. CasinoFarms.com, CasinoFarms.com. And again, Aaron's Casino Farms making it very, very practical for people who walk into their store to get what they need and to, um, and to hopefully... Utilize the time as efficiently as possible, which is always one of the great desires when you walk into a store, Erev Pesach. <laughs> That's for sure. 
Zusha and Yishai Rebo. It's JM and the AM. <laughs>
the son of kings, you're the child of Yosef's dreams, and you were born to royalty and honor. You're the daughter of queens, you're Queen Esther's legacy, and you were born of dignity and valor. And they can never take your crown! of Hashem, it's a bond that never ends, no, and thank God for that. You are princes among men in the service of Hashem, it's a love that never ends, no, and thank God for that, cause... They can never take your crown. They can never bring you down. Yoni Z here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard Zusha and uh, Yishai Rebo together with Lachad D Here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Usually, Malcolm Holmline is with us at this time. He told us last week, uh, way before the fire, he told us he would not be able to join us this week. So we've, um, we're utilizing this time slot a little differently this week with a very, very, very special guest who we'll introduce in a moment. I want to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com. Again, I want to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, that's a great, great place to start. Go to jewishworldreview.com and enjoy. We need chizuk here. Um, This has been a very painful week for us, and this audience has been extremely understanding, and the world has been unbelievable. Our campaign has... um, which will hopefully lead to a rebuild of our studio, God knows when, but but that's what we're hoping, and I know that everyone out there is hoping the same thing, and that's why they've invested so much this week in the in the campaign. Um, the campaign has attracted almost, uh, we're about to hit 900 donors, which is an unbelievable 
show of unity and support and love and admiration and acknowledgement, and we thank you for all of that. Um, it's been a painful week. We're trying very hard to get back into a regular format because I don't want people to just continue to hear about this uh, episode that we've been through. And hopefully as we uh, get to the to Shabbos and the weekend and next week we'll be able to, in fact, uh, do more of drifting back into our regular format. Somebody who's um, always turned to to be Mechazek people, and we've done that in the past as well with him, and somebody who's in a time zone where it's extremely inconvenient for him to join us this morning, but he made a commitment to do it, and I can't thank him enough. The great author and lecturer, rabbi, leader, and somebody who is uh, always capable of knowing what to say and when. Rabbi Pesach Krohn is with us live via telephone on this Friday, Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev, this very special Shabbos. Rabbi Krohn, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's just such an honor to come and to talk to you. <laughs> you know, I almost, I can't hold myself back from crying because when you told me yesterday what happened, you know, to your studio, you know, it's the thing that I think the world loves about you is three things. First of all, there are very few people who love Yidden the way you love Yidden. There are very few people who love Eretz Yisrael the way you love Eretz Yisrael. And there are very few people who love life the way you love life. And that's why I think you have these 900 donors and people all over the world because you're like um, just a magic flow of positivity and you're always encouraging people. You bring out the best in people. I know that I've been on your show numerous times, sometimes with my dear son-in-law, Hananya, and you always make people feel special, and that's why people are so attracted to you. And for that reason alone, you deserve that. Akhandi Baruch should give you the bracha. You should be able to come back and be even better. You'll get a studio that'll be even more modern than what you had till now. You had everything, but uh, you'll be able to reach even more people because people just admire what you do because it comes right from your heart, and it just comes through every single morning. I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, you know, in radio, Rabbi Krohn, one of the uh, one of the methods is to constantly pound away at the at the same themes, at the same messages. Um, you know, people, it's theater of the mind, and people people are able to internalize things the more they hear it. And we've been doing that this week. There are a couple of themes that we have been harping on that I think are so vital and so important. The first one, obviously, is that um, if, God forbid, I would have been in the studio when that fire would have started, it would have started, according to the fire marshal, exactly where I sat every single morning for God knows how many years and where I sat every single afternoon and sometimes evenings if if we're working in the studio and we're uh, and and, and um, you know spending time there. This was our headquarters, not just our studio for our shows, but our headquarters for our office. Um, and that's why it's this is such a painful feeling. The feeling of of homelessness, frankly, is 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 very very painful. In addition to everything else that's going on, but the first thing we do is thank God. Uh, we have to assume that there was a there was some type of uh, message from above. Some people. Ask me to hesitate before I use the words Gezerah Ra, but obviously something above 
was uh, leading Hakadosh Baruch Hu, leading the one above to make certain decisions. He he took out whatever it is he wanted to to um, to transmit to us. He took it out on our stuff instead of God forbid on us. And That's I, exactly. What I'll say they say that Hashem sometimes takes out things out eitzim vavonim. That's an expression Chazal used by the Beit Hamikdash. That Hashem didn't destroy the people; He destroyed the Beit Hamikdash. But I want to tell you a little story that should give you great chizuk. And you talk about Xavier Raw. So let me tell you a fabulous story that happened with the Skelena Rebbe, just about what you just said. During the Second World War, the Skelena Rebbe, Rabbi Eliezer Zisha Portugal, had in his home, together with his wife, they must have had over the years more than 400 young men and women to protect them, that they shouldn't have to go to concentration camps, they shouldn't have to go to the Romanian army and lose their frumkite. And somebody snitched to the government and that he was harboring young men and young women. And, um, of course, they came in. The police were only happy to arrest the rabbi. And they took him to jail. And they put him in solitary confinement. And they told him he's going to rot there until he dies. They took away his yarmulke. And they took away his glasses. And he was left there. Now, he told over this story that, of course, he used to daven every day very, very slowly. They say that Shonetre on a normal day would take him almost an hour. Now that he was in jail, so he started davening. He took his jacket and put it over his head, so that was the head covering because he had no yarmulke. And he started davening, and he came to Baruch Shomer. And all of a sudden, in this jail, in this place of solitary confinement, he had a question, and he got so upset with himself. How in the world could he never have had this question before? And the question was that in Baruch Shomer, Everything in Baruch Shomer is a positive mantra. Baruch Shomer, Vayoyelam Hashem said there'll be a world. Mashalim Sakhatayv Lureyev. He pays good reward and he owes to break everything. But then says Baruch Goyzer Umakayim. Hashem makes a gzera and he fulfills it. That's awful. As you just said, that's a gzera raw. That's terrible. What's it doing there? It didn't fit into the mantra of Baruch Shomer. Everything is positive except that sentence. And he actually said these words, Hashem, I don't want you to let me out of here until I figure out how this expression fits into Baruch Shama. And he kept on saying, And then he came up with the most brilliant interpretation. And that's what I want to say to you, my dear. No. He said, doesn't only mean to fulfill. means to have kiyum, to have existence, to live through it. And he said, that's what's the positive thing. Baruch Goyzer, Hashem is blessed. Sometimes he has to make a zera. He has to make a zera on Kalisro. He has to make a zera on an individual, on the family, on a radio show. But just hang in there. You know why? Umakayim, you're going to be able to exist through it, and you're going to grow from it. Baruch Goyzer, Hashem, sometimes, for whatever reason, as he said, has to make a zera. But Umakayim, it gives us feel, and it gives us the wherewithal and the strength to exist through it and to keep on going. <clears throat> That's what I believe is going to happen with, with JM and the AM and your, and your program. It's true. It's exerted. There's no question about it. But just remember, underline it in your Baruch Shama. Baruch you're going to make it, and you're going to grow from it. Now, I remember, you and I know, that, um, Benny, the one who has from divorce, that uh, wonderful organization for people never divorced. 
And I remember one time at a uh, conference, they had a brochure. And on the brochure, it says these words. I can never forget it. It said, don't just go through it, grow through it. Don't just go through it, just grow through it. And that's exactly what's going to happen with JM and the AM. When you finish rebuilding, JM and the AM is going to be greater than it ever was. Don't ask me how. I'm not a radio person. But you're going to figure it out, and you'll see. And you'll be Baruch Goyz and Makayim. There's no question that it was Xayra. Anybody who would say that it's not Xayra is out of their mind. But that's what the Skalan is telling you and I and all your friends. It's Goyzer, but Makayim. You're going to have Kiyum, you're going to exist, and it's going to be better than ever. Rabbi Pesach Kron is with us, uh, being Machazek us here at JM in the AM. The other, one of the other themes that we've been discussing, and I'm sure you could speak to this one, uh, is a friend of mine through tears, and I've told this story so many times already this week, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it briefly, but he, he was frustrated, let's put it that way, he was frustrated with the one above when uh, a member of his family uh, began to suffer from a medical condition because he felt that his family had done so much for children in difficult uh, medical situations over the years. Wouldn't that be inappropriate to afflict his family with this type of condition? And a great Torah giant said to him that he, meaning the Torah giant, at one time also had difficulty with the one above, and then years and years later realized that when people started to come to him with Shilas and situations and for advice in a specific area, um, he, the Torah giant, had experienced that years before, and it gave him an opportunity to have greater sympathy, greater chesed, greater love, greater patience with the people who were coming to him with the similar circumstances. Now, Rabbi Krohn, I will tell you, I'm at this microphone almost 40 years and we have been there to respond to almost, I can't say we've always responded to everything, but almost anything we've ever been asked to do for anybody to promote chesed, to help out financially, to get thousands of people to react to people's very sensitive situations. And some might, and, and, and including fires, by the way, including fires. There have been some devastating fires in the Jewish community. And the way we've reacted to them one might think and suspect that that's an insurance policy that we would never suffer from something like this. But I am assuming, based on what my friend said to me through tears, I am assuming that when people are in a situation like this, it will lead them to treat those who suffer in these types of circumstances with greater chesed, with greater rachamim, with greater speed, and with greater love. There's no question that you're right. And I, I want to give a personal example. Um, I lost my father when I was 21. And um, you know, it was very, very difficult. I'm the oldest of seven children. I had to leave yeshiva. I was in Tervedas at that time. And believe me, most people were not interested in taking a male who was 21 years old. Of course, when you're 21, you think you're old. And when you, my father died, he was 47. So I thought he was an old man. But it was very, very difficult. But there's no question about it. There's no question that because of what I went through and when I saw what my mother went through, who was an Almana for 40 years, that I am involved in certain organizations, and two in particular. One is Samchenu, which is for Almanas. I was just at a Shabbaton. They had a Shabbaton. There were over 250 Almanas 
This was for the older group. And in a few weeks, we're going to have another one for the younger group between 20 and 70. And there'll probably be about 400 of them. And then there's that great organization called Lynx, which is our Fia Seiman um, and Yusomos, who lost a parent during their teenage years. And I'm positive that my involvement in those organizations, just like Rabbi Yaakov Bender, who also lost a father at a young age, we are involved because we went through what we went through. And we're better people because of that. Now, nobody wants to go through these things. But as you just said, we don't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reason. But one thing is for sure, it definitely, definitely causes us to grow and become better people and become more sensitive people. And you are a sensitive person as it is. And, and this will only increase it even more. And I, I, I would assume that, <laughs> as, as ridiculous as this might sound, because you would think that a logical person would know the answer to this question, but I'll ask you only because of the pain that I'm going through at this time, I, I would assume that th- these are the most difficult days, because as you're saying what you're saying, I'm saying to myself, how, however are we going to rebound from this? But I would assume that if it's just five days after the fire, I have to give it some time. Oh, there's no question, but I'll tell you another thing. You know, Archgo is fabulous. We all know that. Yeah. And every week they put out something that's called um, at the Archgo Shabbos table. They send it out to shuls, individuals, anybody can get it. And just as I was getting up this morning, now I didn't, you didn't tell your audience where I am. I'm in Phoenix. Right. It's, uh, I was up at 4.30 this morning. Right. And I would do you, especially for you. But they have an article on their cover page this week about a famous trial, the Bilas trial. And they were afraid that they would ask them about a certain Gemara that calls Klal Yisrael Odom. And the Gemara says, Klal Yisrael was an Odom, but other nations are not. And they were afraid, isn't that a racist Gemara? And the church of a Rebbe, I thought it was Rabbi Shapiro who said it, they have it here as the church of a Rebbe who said it, that Odom, Klal Yisrael was called Odom. You know why? It's just like a human body. If your finger hurts, your whole being hurts. It's not isolated to one person. Now, if something would happen to a Gentile in Italy, does the Gentile in France care? No, of course not. They're not connected. But if we have something happened in Earth, Israel, or something happened in France, or in Argentina to a Jew, we're all connected. We are other. We are one person. And that's why I think what you're saying is so true. The reason that so many people care about you is because not only are you an other as an individual, but you're an Odom that represents Klal Yisrael. You bring out the best in all of us. And therefore, that's why everybody cares about you, and that's why I am positive that you're going to go through what you're going through, but you're going to be, it's hard to imagine, you'll be 10 times better off when, when you finish building, because everybody around the world is going to help you, including me. And I publicly would like to say that I'm going to give you $500 as a donor to whatever construction or reconstruction you have to have. Much appreciated. You leave me speechless. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Rabbi Pesach Krohn is with us. We'll hear from Rabbi Yudin in just a few minutes. Uh, I'm trying not to keep this as the theme of this show, but it seems like in this first week uh, it's unavoidable. And at least we're trying to convey the lessons from this episode that people uh, will hopefully benefit from and um, I can't 
again, I can't express enough what it's like to be on this end to experience the outpouring of love, outpouring of support, outpouring of encouragement. It is hard to see right now that there's a, uh, that there's a, I don't want to say a hopeful future, but it's hard, it's hard to see right now down the road. Let's put it that way. Um, but, um, with the encouragement of everybody out there, it is certainly helping a great deal. Rabbi Pesach Krohn is with us. Rabbi Krohn, there are two other things we need to discuss. The first is no coincidence, no coincidence that you are now with us on the air on the day that I've officially kicked off our Nissan Chesed campaign. And I'm going to give you a brief overview so that you understand the uniqueness of this campaign that we started last year, why it's a little bit different than anything else that's out there. Fits right into JM and the AM, fits into our free form attitude fits into our, I don't want to say anti-corporate attitude, but I'll say that that we're not raising money for organizations. God bless them. They should continue to do great. And believe you me, we support them in many ways all the time. But this is just a grassroots effort to encourage people to do something nice for others before Yuntif. Doesn't necessarily have to be a poor person, but obviously there's a benefit there. But we're trying to create a chain reaction a domino effect of chesed. And I have a list that people make fun of because of some of the items on the list. But I have a list of things that I continue to suggest to people of what they could do for others. They could walk into a dry cleaner and ask the dry cleaner about their neighbor's bill and pay it. They can go to a supermarket, one of these massive kosher supermarkets, and get a $500 gift card and drop it off at their neighbor's house. The pressure, the financial pressure before Yuntif, especially this year, is so immense that we're begging people to just go do this for others. We, for years, have been recommending, and we, of course, will do this again when we speak about what NCSY is doing this Yuntif. We again recommend that people purchase tickets and let NCSY give them to underprivileged families to Six Flags so that kids don't have downtime during Cholamoid and that families can enjoy a day of Cholamoid. And people of that we know has a proven track and track record. It's happened over the years. And my favorite one, Rabbi Crone, here's my favorite one. I haven't given you the whole list, but here's my favorite one. On Wednesday and Thursday night, the Seder is Friday night. On Wednesday and Thursday night, there are so many families, poor and not poor, large and not large, who are under such tremendous stress preparing for Pesach. And in many cases, their children are home already at that point. If one would work with their local establishments and have pizza pies and dinners sent over to those homes so that those families will not have to worry about anything on Wednesday and Thursday night when the last thing on their mind is preparing dinner, but the first thing on the kids' minds is where is dinner? They'd be supporting a local establishment. They'd be doing a tremendous chesed for families. We made these suggestions last year. A lot of people went ahead and did them. In addition to that, the reason we call it the It Takes Two campaign is we are hoping that when someone finds that bottle of wine on their doorknob or gets those pizza pies on a Thursday night or whatever the case is, we are hoping that those people will turn around and before Yuntif do something nice for someone else to extend that chain reaction. Rabbi Krohn, I am begging you. I am begging you. Just like 10 community leaders joined me last year on the air to discuss this, and already some have done this so this year. Please, it's now 
two weeks before Yuntif, please join me in asking everybody to participate in the It Takes Two Chesed campaign. We're not asking for a dollar. We're not asking for anything other than figuring out a way to do something nice for others before the holiday. Okay, let me just tell you, you know, the great people think alike, and I want to show you, I believe you're one of the great people in our generation, and I want to show you, and I'm going to tell you a great story about another great person, of course, on a different level, obviously, as we'll see in a second, what he did. Now, this was a Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and I was told this story by his nephew. His nephew was called by his uncle, Rav Shlomo Zalman, and he told him, I want you to come to me right after Biochomet on Er Pesach. And he said, if there's anything that I could do for you, let me do it now. You know, they have only one day Pesach, and it's very, very busy Er Pesach. And Rav Shlomo Zalman said, I want you to come. Don't ask me any questions. Just come right after Biochomet to come to my house. I need you to do something for me. So, of course, he's the Godwander and he's the young man's uncle. And this guy was a known option in the Yushalayim. So he told me he came to the house and our Shlomo Zalman had 10 envelopes on his table. And he said, here, these envelopes are all addressed. I want you to go and deliver these right away to these people that are on the envelope. And he said, uncle, you know, I, I I, I recognize some of these things. These are some poor people in Yerushalayim. And I, I've given them money already. We've raised money for them. Nobody's going back out Erev Yontif to buy wine and matzah. They've got whatever they need. He said, don't ask me questions. Just do what I tell you. So, of course, he was in a big rush, and he ran to all the houses. So he just ran to the house, dropped off the envelope. By the fifth and sixth one, he was slowing down already because he was doing getting good time. He decided, you know what? He's going to wait to see what's in the envelope because every person would open up the envelope. They couldn't believe what, what's the guy delivering from Shlomo Zalman. Erev Yontif. He opens up. He, he watches how a guy opens up. You wouldn't believe it. There were tickets to the Ghana Hayot. <gasps> to the Ghana Hayot. He could not believe it. Just, so, just so people know, tickets to the zoo, folks. Tickets to the zoo. Right. So, in, in, in Yerushalayim. And he could not believe it. Now, of course, he stayed at every single envelope. That's exactly what was in it. He watched as the family opened it up and the kids were going crazy. So now he couldn't go back to Absalom. But the first day, he went and he said, Rebbe, you know, like, what? Who's, what? What's the point of this? You know, why did why did you do this? So he said, listen, I know the kids in your Shalayim. On Yontif, everybody will be in Shul. And everybody, the kids, will be talking. Where are you going? I mean, you're going to the Ghana Chayot. You're going to Ghana Yeshua. You're going... And there's going to be some kids who will have nothing what to say. And he's listened to the inside of a godel. He said, not only are the kids going to come home on Yontem and complain, but they're going to ruin the parents Yontem because the parents realize that they couldn't do something for the children. So you're saving Simchas Yontem not only for the kids, but for the parents. That's why he did what you're doing exactly, to make sure before Yontem that these kids know that they could go either to a ball game or they could go to a to a museum or they could go to or wherever they, there, any amusement that the kids could go. And you should be avenged because you're a Muhammad to exactly what the Shalemah Salman had in mind. Before Yantan, not take him on Yantan. And what I say is if you're going to six place, if you're going to any place else, make sure you take the other kids in, in the community. And by us in Kew Gardens, we have a guy, Abram Hech, who's a tremendous tzaddik, who rents a bus and he has kids going. And I, I know that they give 
you know, off and, and it's reduced prices. It, it's just incredible. And so what you're doing, of course, I'll join you with, with this and I'll speak about it. It's a wonderful idea. And, it, and it's an idea that Gedolim has. And you see Rav Shlomo Zalma did the exact same thing. Yeah, everything that we try to think of that we hope gives menuchas and nefesh to families. The pizza idea gives menuchas and nefesh to families. The gift card to supermarkets gives a, a somewhat of a menuchas and nefesh before Yuntif. What you just discussed in terms of the tickets, of course. Even, even, and I, I'm sorry, I, I gotta move on, of course. This is Musa to myself. But I, when I talk about this topic, I just can't stop. Uh, even, you know how expensive Pesach candy is? Rabbi Krohn, you know how expensive Pesach candy is. Could you imagine the kids who have none in their house if they see four or five boxes of candy and know that Yuntif afternoon they're going to be getting a special treat? Do you know what that's going to do for their Yuntif? Do you know that they're going to sit down to the Seder differently because they know that tomorrow they're getting on the afternoon they're going to have Pesach treats that cost you know fifteen dollars a box, but the neighbor was nice enough to drop off a few boxes before Yuntif. Hundred percent, and I'll tell you, in my neighborhood where I live, Kew Gardens, we have a, a grocer, Rosenblum, who people do that. They come in and they pay people's bills. I know I've done it myself many times, and you know I always say that I tell my children, and I've always told people, you do a good thing, make sure your kids know, because when they grow up, they're going to do the exact same thing. And in this fellow Rosenblum, this family, they have over a hundred thousand dollars in bills that. People owe them, but they let it go by, and, and other people will come in and pay. And, and it's a beautiful thing, exactly what you're talking about. The help pay bills, and these people, Rahman have such great bills, they'll have no idea that you paid it. They just know the grocer will know that money was given on their account, and, and, and that's beautiful. Wow. All right, Pesach Kron is with us. We have a couple of minutes left. Rabbi Krohn has been traveling the world. Uh, recently, being masbid and teaching lessons from the life of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, and we have not spent enough time uh, talking about the um, uh, the Godel Ador who passed away and made such a tremendous roshem on the on the Jewish world. And, and Rabbi Krohn, I know there's a million things I can only imagine how many things are uh, you address when when speaking about Rav Chaim. But to, to us, especially those who are somewhat removed. From the world of Bnei Brak, somewhat removed from the Yeshiva Shavelt now, as 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 we are Balabatim, what what I think impressed us the most and made the greatest impact was the variety of people around the world who were affected by his passing. How from and not from, how young and old, how Sfardi and Ashkenazi, how people who had met him and people who never met him, all were impacted by his passing. What can you tell us about that strangely unifying effect that his life had? Okay, so I want to tell you two things because I kind of felt that you would ask this question. Of course, as an year, of course, how could we not talk about it? I want to tell you two of my favorite things. You have a pencil and paper with you. Certainly you do. Just these two words. Yeah. You will see something that is so mind-boggling. It's unbelievable. Now, the Chazal tell us that the Tadikim of the generation are called Enei Ho'eda. Enei Ho'eda means the eyes of the community. Right. They see things that you and I see, but they see with such depth and such understanding, and you wonder where in the world did they pick this up? And it's so true, and it was right there in front of us. Now, when Esau in the Torah brings food to his father Yitzchak, 
because he wants to get the bracha from his father before his father passes on from the world. The prophet tells us, and write down these two words, Vayove Le'oviv. He brought it to his father. Vayove is Vav Yud Beis Aleph, and Le'oviv is Lamed Aleph Beis Yud Vav. A palindrome. What? That's right. Look, it's a palindrome. Rabhaim figured that out. We've seen that Pesach a thousand times in the Torah. Whoever thought about it, he figured out that it's a palindrome. And you know what lesson he said? You know what you learned from this? Mm-hmm. Frontwards and backwards? The way you treat your parents, that's how your children are going to treat you. <sighs> that's amazing. Where did that come from? Pretty amazing. It's amazing. Unbelievable. So, of course, you're right. I, I've spoken in Boca. I had this close to go with Rabdali Shilso, the Rashira of Lake Woodby Flu, together. Um, and we spoke in Boca. There were 500 people there. You know, I've spoken in, in different places. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, Andrew Phoenix probably speaking about it as well. But I want to tell you one of my favorite stories about, um, about Rabhaim. His son in law told me this, Rabito Kaladetsky. He told me like this that um, what happened was that there was a, uh, it was in Tishrei many, many years ago when Rabhaim was much younger and he was able to walk and he went to buy a lulav. He went with his son-in-law to buy a lulav. And he went into a store and uh, the proprietor, store of Rabhaim, of course, he gave, they showed him a lulav and he said, no, not this one. Second one, no, not this one. The third one, he said, yeah, this one I'll take. And he bought it. Now, when they walked out of the store, some guy ran out of the store and went to the son-in-law. He says, you know, Hashem must love your father-in-law. It takes me an hour and a half to buy a lulav. Rabbein was in that store 10, 15 minutes and he got a lulav. That's amazing. So the son-in-law said, come with me. I want to show you something. And they come together into Rabbein's house. And on the table are 25 lulavim. He says, what is this? So listen to what he says. He says, my father-in-law, Rabbein, knows that people watch every little thing that he does. If he goes into a store to buy a lulav and he walks out without one, that guy will not sell another lulav. Because people will say, Rabhaim came in there, he couldn't find a lulav. If he didn't buy there, I'm certainly not going to buy there. <laughs> so every store that he walks into, he buys at least one lulav. Now he's got 20 lulav on his table. Now it takes him three hours to pick out. He spends three times the amount of time you take, you take to pick out a lulav, but he buys one in every store so the proprietor won't be hurt. Won't be hurt. I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Wow. <laughs> and so that's what his greatness in Torah and his greatness in Ben Ozumachavera. And I, I just want to tell you, also, do we have time for one more great story? Sure. So what happened was, he never, ever refused to be Sadiq. I brought him one time, and I can send you the picture. One time, I had a Bruce and Eric Cheryl and Rabhaim was Sadiq. I went right from the airport straight to Bnei because it was in the Graneman family. There was a guy, it was Harry Graneman, a wonderful Rebbe in, in uh, Asia Torah, and never, he had passed away. Now his son had a boy and was going to name him after Rabhaim, and the Graneman and uh, Kanevskis uh, are related to Rabhaim was Sadiq. So that was tremendous. So everybody knew Rabhaim would always be Sadiq if he was there. So there was this family in uh, in, in Kiryat Sefer, uh, that, um, Kiryat Shmona, rather, 90 miles away from Nebrak and Kiryat Shmona, and they asked Rabhaim if he would come up to be a Sandik. And he said yes, he would go with his Revitons, and it's a three hour trip. Now, there was a childless couple in Nebrak that found out 
that Rav Chaim was going to go up to Kiryat Shmona. So this couple who didn't have children in seven years, they came to Rav Chaim together. They said, could the Rav do us a big favor? There's a small town, Shunam, which is near Kiryat, uh, Kiryat Shmona. Would the Rav be able to take a detour after the bris and daven at the cave of the Isha Shunamis? Because the Malachim, it tells us that the Isha Shunamis never had no children. Alicia came and he gave her a blessing and she had a child. So that's a place, a school at the Davin for couples that don't have children. Would the Rabhaim go there after the Brit? My wife and I will meet you there. We could all daven together so that we should have a child. So not only was Rabhaim going to Kirish one or three hours, but he agreed to do that. Fine. Fine. And they said they agreed that they would follow Rabhaim and they wouldn't go to the Brit, but they would meet him in Shunam at the cave of the Isha Shunam. Rav Chaim comes there after the bris, and he can't believe it. There are two busloads of people on who all who didn't have children. Some for two years, some for five years, some for ten years. It's unbelievable. And Rav Chaim looks around like, "What happened here?" So the the couple apologizes. They said, "Rebbe, we must have told a couple people, and word got out, and everybody wanted to come daven with the Rav and the Rebbe, and you know, to daven by the Isha Shunam." Fine. They made two columns, the men on one side, the women on the other side, and everybody was davening. And after a while, Rav Chaim said, everybody should step back. He wants to daven alone together with his Revitin, and they're going to daven at the cave of the Isha Shunavim. After 15 minutes, he got back into the car, and they went to Bnei Brak. Now, I want to tell you something. I have a niece. Her name is Carmela Dollinger. And I called her, because I knew the story, but I called her just to confirm it. She works in the maternity ward of Maine Yeshua, and she told me that nine months after that, and 10 months after, and 11 months, there were so many couples that came to Mani Yeshua to have babies who hadn't had babies in years, five years, six years, two years, three years. And she has a neighbor who hadn't had a child in eight years. And the child, and they had a child after, because they were also on this bus. And they went back to Rabhaim to tell him and to thank him for davening with all of them because now she had a child. And Rabhaim said to them, you're the 14th couple that was on that bus that had a child. Unbelievable. And now this lady has a whole bunch of kids. She has a very, very big family. But that was the greatness of Rav Chaim. Always learning, always there, but always cared for other people. And that's why everybody loved him, because he knew that he really cared and wanted to give advice and give up to everyone. You've taught us a lot this morning, Rabbi Krohn. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a painful week here, but we have Shabbos coming up and a very, very, very special Shabbos. There is something glorious about watching three Sifrei Torah on the Bima being held by being being held by the congregation members and and being um, paraded throughout the synagogue. And tomorrow we have that opportunity. Well, Rab Nachum, I just want to give you a bracha, whatever it's worth, from here in Phoenix. It's so dark outside, I'm going back to sleep too. <laughs> but uh, I just want to tell you, the world loves you. You do so much for all of us. And as repayment, Baruch Goyim, it was a there's no question. But Omakayim, you're going to exist through it, you're going to grow through it, and you'll be better than ever. I know it's hard to believe, yeah. but you will be. And um, we're all there together with you, and Hashem should bench you and your family and the JM and the AM family, Yitzhak Zappos and all these great guys who help you and all the uh, people you have working <clears throat> in your studio. You do so much for Claudia Show all over the world. 
they should be able to continue. And we should all be able to enjoy the month of Nisan as the month of Geula. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Krohn. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, Pesach Krohn, who's in Phoenix, but uh, <laughs> gladly, without hesitation, offered to join us here this morning at JM in the AM. I, um, I again, I'm trying very hard to to get back to our regular show, and I apologize to to those who are um, who who have to be who are being brought down by the by this mood. But it seems that at different times during the program, it is difficult to uh, focus on anything else at this moment. And I can't thank you enough for the outpouring of love and affection. <laughs> Almost 900 donors, but the messages. You know, I have to I have to read one thing that I saw. I think I saw this last night on the app. And I apologize to, to 99% of everybody because it's impossible at the moment for me to um, respond to every single message that we've gotten over the last week. It is just impossible, but I, 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 and I intend to. I don't think I don't think it's going to be possible, but at least we'll start with the with the goal of trying to get to as many people over the next couple of weeks that we can. The uh, first two things that I recall, I have to ask ZK if I'm right. The first two things that we hung up in the studio when it was built at the end of 2002 and at the beginning of 2003, I believe the first two things we hung up on the right side of the main wall, we at the very top, we hung a uh, an American flag. And on the left side of the main wall, we hung an Israeli flag. And those of you who've seen my daily threads over the last year or so, you've probably seen that Israeli flag over my shoulder. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, I was on Yassi Zweig's Thursday Live Lunch. We were talking about this whole week. And someone wrote the following. Someone named Yosef Mutterpearl. We remember him. We certainly do. He wrote the following, which I only saw late last night. While Nahum is on the air, I want to send him the Israeli flag that was hanging in my store that he visited. South Side Sandwich Shop. Where can I send it to help start his new memorabilia? Now, this was the situation when, unfortunately, there were some people who were giving Yosef problems for displaying the Israeli flag, and we went down. <laughs> we took the trip just to, literally just to uh, say to him, you know, we're here to support you, you know. Hope you're able to make it through with all the pressure and the criticism, etc., and it's that flag that he wants to send us to be included in the new studio. And that's really beautiful and wonderful and heartwarming. And um, there have been a lot of different offers and a lot of different things that have been said over the last few days. We're going to try to sort everything out and figure out what the future is going to look like. And um, with the investment that you've made, those who've contributed to the fund, we will... We're certainly going to build, and we're certainly going to use that money wisely. 
exactly how and what things will look like, and uh, we, we just don't know. We just don't know. It's uh, the fifth day after this episode, and it's not a day to make decisions, but we'll certainly uh, please God with the help of the one above, work very hard to make good decisions going forward. Meanwhile, because of my staff and volunteers, and because of my family, and particularly my wife, and I'll give a special shout-out to our broadcast engineer extraordinaire, ZK, we are able to broadcast. It is not comfortable. (laughs) It is inconvenient the way I am broadcasting right now for a lot of people. And it is very difficult for me. But we're doing it. We're doing it because the show must go on. And how could we give up an opportunity that we had this morning? How could we give up hearing the words of Harry Rothenberg about the Parsha? How could we give up Rabbi Crone on a typical Friday? How could we give up Malcolm Holmline? How can we give up what Rabbi Yudin is about to say to us? This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Spiritual leader, emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of, wow, taking out three Sifri Torah what I used to call Kodak Shabbos moment. Wow. The idea being first parsha, first Sefer Torah is Parshas Sazria. Second one, it is Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And finally, the third one is Parshas HaChodesh, the first 20 psukim of par, of chapter Yud Beis in uh, Parshas Bo, three Sifri Torah. Before we even discuss any of the Kriyasa Torah, I just want to begin on behalf of all the listeners of Nachum Siegel Network, JM in the AM. I can only tell you that first of all, I know I speak for all of us, how truly saddened we are on behalf of the loss that Nachum experienced last Mosoi Shabbos of his um, studio, unfortunately, going up in flames and everything that he had amassed and accumulated, aside from all the equipment, uh, was burnt and nothing left at all. I want to say two things. Number one, how grateful he is for the immediate response of so many people in terms of their financial response and in terms of their emotional response. But the second point I want to share with you, and this you don't have to repeat to Nachum, is how proud I am of his response. And that is as follows. For almost 40 years now, Nachum and through his program and through his staff that work with him have been not only uh, waking us up to Jewish music and being a part of the Jewish community, being a part of the positive, the smachot, and the wonderful positive things happening throughout the Jewish world, and I mean that literally, where he's gone on our behalf to be our ambassador, but also 
bringing to our attention truly the idea of imoanochi b'tzara, that when, unfortunately, people experience various losses, including a fire, lo'alenu, he was there all along to help us try to respond to others. And I can only tell you what he told me personally, and that is that as empathetic and sympathetic as he was until now, he now will attempt to be all the more so to others having experienced this himself. An incredible, powerful lesson learned from a personal tzara. And we pray that he will no longer experience like anybody else but the incredible insight that he has and to say to Hashem thank you for taking it out on the Eitzim and Avonim and not God forbid on any individual for this we are so grateful as indeed he is Pasha Sazria has a total according to the Chinuch of seven mitzvos, five positive mitzvos, and two negative, two losase. Now, there's no question about it that the leprosy that we call the majority of Parsha Sazria and next week's Mitzorah, the carbon for it, the leprosy that we are talking about is not the medical uh, leprosy. Best proof, uviyom osbo. The Gemara teaches us that there are only certain days that the Kohen would look to see a nega. And if you're sitting at a Sheva Brachos and you say to yourself, uh-oh, that looks like a nega tzora'as on the chasan, if this was a contagious disease, you would immediately go to a Kohen. And the answer is no. We wait until after Sheva Brachos. More than that, Aliyah Laregel, there are hundreds of thousands of Jews, and you're walking towards the Beis Hamigdash. And to your right or to your left, you see a Jew with a blemish. And you say to yourself, uh-oh, maybe that's Saras. You're not going to say, is there a Kohen anywhere around? Let's check it out. The answer is no. So we see that this is not the contagious disease in that sense of the term. It's a contagious disease in terms of a spiritual nature. Namely, that by one speaking bad about somebody else, they have isolated them from the community creating a schism, and therefore the Torah says, Badad Yeshev, when the Kohen looks at the Nega and appears to him that it is a Nega Tzara'as, so he is to be isolated from the community. As he isolated one from another within, the same thing is done for him. Now, Rishlokish in the Gemara, Erechin, 15b teaches that the source of this mitzvah, excuse me, of this uh, plague 
of Tzara'as comes from Motzira. As the Torah uses in the beginning of next week's parsha, Zos, Tiyat, Torah, HaMetzora, this is the mechanism with which the Metzora, the one who has Tzara'as, frees himself of this uh, disease and he plays with the word Mitzora. That Mitzora is an acronym for Motsi Shemra, one who has spoken bad uh, of, uh, of another. So in this week's parsha, we speak about Tzora'as of the individual. And it's worth making sure that you read the Ramban on the end of the parsha, where the Torah speaks about as there are three kinds of tzara'as on the house next week, on the beged, one's garment, and on the body. And the Ramban says, in speaking about tzara'as on the beged, that this is so completely l'malaminateva. It is completely supernatural. Number one, only in Eretz Yisrael, and number two is HaKadosh Baruch Hu showing tough love. Somebody steps out of line, HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally zaps them with Tzora'as. So what we find in this parsha <coughs> is Tzora'as on the individual. And let's take a step back. As we are preparing for Pesach, the entire Pesach experience in terms of our being enslaved in Mitzrayim, just as we get down to Mitzrayim through, unfortunately, a breakdown of uh, brotherhood between the Achim and Yosef, we find that the very beginning of Parshas uh, Shmos in chapter 2, when Moshe goes out and is there on the first day to help his brothers with their servitude. So he sees a uh, Ish Mitzri, right? He sees an Egyptian beating a Jew. And the Torah tells us Moshe looks here and there, meaning, will any good come of him down the line? The answer is no. What does Moshe do? Vayachas and Mitzri. Moshe slays, strikes the Mitzri. And Vayitmineyu Bachol, he buries him. On the second day, he goes out and he sees two Anoshim Ivrim Nitzim. He sees two of our own, unfortunately, fighting. And Moshe says to the one who is about to hit the other one. Lama sake reyecha. Who are you? How and why would you hit your fellow? Ah, how does he answer him? Instead of saying thank you for stopping me from doing something, no, no. Halrogenia to Omer, are you going to kill me? Says, as we know, the Dasan to Moshe. Kasheorakto is a mitzri, as you indeed what killed the mitzri. So Vayira Moshe, Moshe became frightened. Vayomar, and he says, Now I know that the matter is known. What does it mean? On on the surface it means. It's known that I killed the Egyptian. But no, Rashi brings from the Tanhuma, And this is going to hurt. 
that Moshe is saying, uh-oh, until now, says Moshe, I didn't know why it is that Am Yisrael is being persecuted more than any other nation. And now he says, now I see, he says, Yesh Beinechem Lashon Hora, because you have evil speech, because there is this kind of contentiousness between you, Heich Atem Ruyim the Geula, you are not worthy of redemption. The Gemara on that same daf in Erechin 15b teaches that what is the remedy towards Lashon Hara? So one of the remedies is Yashpil Daito. He should humble himself, strive for humility. Because after all, Lashon Hara comes because a person considers himself more superior, at least in one way, uh, and therefore will find a deficiency in somebody else and the truth is he focuses on one deficiency in the person even though the person might have another and many good qualities he focuses on the deficiency and a mido kenegen mido he is punished the same way that he gets a um, a blemish on one part of his body namely we're focusing on just that one part you focused on the negative and HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends that one spot on the individual as well now the idea is that the individual is to focus on humbling himself and that will hopefully rid him on the sin of Lashon Hara the same is true we find in Mitzrayim. We say every day before the Shemona Esrei that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Motsi Asirim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally uh, removed and took out of Egypt those that were confined, right? Those that were bound in Egypt. Ufode Anovim. And he redeemed those who were the modest because in order to merit redemption we had to be on the state of humility then and only then were we able to deserve to be freed and we find this as well in the Shira that we say every day and the Chafetz Chaim in his Sefer, Allah Torah, on that Pasuk, points out the Tona Debei Eliyahu, that it was not until later on in Mitzrayim that we formed an Aguda, we formed a union among Klai Yisrael, that we would do Gemilas Chasodim, Zeim Zeh, that we would do Chesed one to another, then we became worthy of redemption. I just wish to conclude this idea that Pesach is coming and at the Pesach Seder it ends with Nirtzeh Nirtzeh as we pointed out in the past from the Lashon Ritzeh which is used in conjunction with Korbonos we ask Hashem that He should please look upon that our uh, Seder would be looked upon as a carbon, and Hashem should please accept our carbon and be pleased with it. 
a korban has to be brought with klishores, with vessels. And these vessels naturally had to be in a state of purity. Pesach, according to our rabbis, is Pesach, the mouth that speaks. And therefore, in order for our mouth to speak the mitzvah of Sipu Yetzias Mitzrayim and to say thank you Hashem for what you've done in terms of the past and what you will do for us in the future, it has to be in a state of purity. The same way there's Bedikas Chemetz Chemetz with that feather we have to take out every last crumb Okay, so too we have to remove from our mouth, our clay shores, all the impurity. Allow me to conclude with the teachings of our uh, Chachomim, specifically the Baal Shem Tov, on the Mishnah in Nugoyim, Perik Bey's Mishnah He, where the Mishnah says, Kova Nugoyim, Odom Literally, it means that a Kohen can't look at his own Nega'im. He's going to be biased. And therefore, he can look at everybody else's, but not his own. But the Baal Shem Tov gave a different twist to this. All infirmities, all uh, bad things that we see in the next one, Kama really comes it's a reflection of a person seeing what he has he sees his own faults his own negatives in the next one and I saw in Rav Sholem Razna Sefer Sholem Rav on this week's Parsha a beautiful example given by the Baal Shem Tov he told of a story of a town milkman who was suddenly summoned to court. He was a very honest man and was surprised someone filed a complaint against him. The plaintiff was the baker in town. The baker was accustomed to acquiring all his dairy products from this milkman. The baker suspected that the milkman was cheating him, so he weighed the butter, and lo and behold, what was labeled a pound was in fact slightly less. On the day of the trial, the milkman arrived in court for the first time in his life. The judge recited the alleged crime of fraud by selling incorrect measurements of goods. The judge then asked the milkman whether he checks the weight of the goods he sells with a professional scale. The milkman replied he does not own a professional scale. The judge responded in disbelief. How can you just estimate the weight of products? You just decide on your own? That's cheating. The milkman responded that he does not own a professional scale, but has another way of determining the accuracy of the weight of his products. Every morning, the milkman said, I buy a pound of bread from the baker. I put the bread on one side of a scale and the butter on the other side. When it's balanced, I know that's a pound of butter. The judge then turned to the baker, now red in the face, and said to him, One who condemns another condemns with his own faults. Before you speak about somebody else, remind yourself of the milkman and the baker. And let's make sure that we remove that baker from within ourselves. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM and the AM. That's Yaakov Shweki, of course. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candlelighting in New York at 7 p.m., maybe 7.01, 7.02, depending on which calendar you look at. But the calendar that we've been using <laughs> for this year is now no longer in existence. So we're, go- we're going with the, uh, I think I think sunset 7.21. So we're announcing 7 o'clock because traditionally we were always a drop earlier uh, than the... Um, than the regular uh, candle lighting times. Uh, big shout out to our friends at OHEL. David Mandel, their leader. He really was a comfort to us this week um, by being in touch. And, uh, you know, we, we, we speak so often, especially recently, excuse me, about the Zachter Trauma Center and the work that they're doing for our community. And um, to be somebody who's the beneficiary of uh, their words, their advice, their comfort um, is really something special. So thank you to David Mandel, everybody at OHEL, for their response to all of this this week. Much appreciated. Also, we have, um, we've had many offers of uh, where to go temporarily, um, what to do, etc. It is, um, not, today's not the day to make that decision, but it is a day to acknowledge and thank so many individuals, um, educational institutions, companies that have offered us space in the interim. Um, I sort of have an idea now of what direction we're going in, but I don't know how quickly it's going to happen. So at the moment, we're in our makeshift studio. Um, we are committed to keeping our Erev Pesach, Pesach products program on April the 12th. We're committed to doing that. We'll figure it out technologically, hopefully. Please, God. Like we figured everything else out. And um, and we are committed to our Chesed campaign, which means over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear a lot of people on the air talking about Chesed. Plus, I hope we'll be able to get some of our regular guests on as well. Something that I will discuss with my staff and figure it out in terms of scheduling over the next couple of weeks. But Erev Pesach is two weeks from today. And uh, there's a lot to do in these two weeks. And we're going to try our best, try our hardest to get to as much as possible. Um, and continue to make an impact. It is difficult. I think you heard my uh, in my conversation with Eric Krohn, I heard you. I, I assume you heard me express just how painful and difficult it is right now. But it is the first week of all of this, so we're praying that it gets better, and we're praying that uh, whatever we've been able to do already this week, we're going to be able to build on it and do so from uh, from a real position of strength moving forward. Please God. Please God. Please God. I would assume they're going to be hurdles, but um, hurdles are to be expected at any time. And um, <laughs> I'll tell you, the place I'm in right now is not soundproof, that I could tell you. That, that you probably were able to tell on your own, weren't you? <laughs> Time to say good Shabbos. That's an understatement. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Friday. Journeys at JM in the AM. Shining through the trees Another week's gone by 
gonna spend a day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning. Songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up a, uh, a week and quite a week here at JM and the AM. Thanks to everybody. Thank you especially to my family, my incredible wife, Stacy, my amazing children, my amazing staff and volunteers, and this amazing worldwide community. Thank you to all of you. Monday morning, please God. Uh, assuming it's the best thing just technically as things work out now with trying to continue to build <laughs> our backup studios. Um, I hope to speak to you Monday. If not, then certainly a qualified substitute host will be here. We'll figure it all out, please, God. 
Naomi Nachman, brand new with Table for Two, is next. Uh, Mark Zomik with the Arab Shabbat Show at 10 o'clock, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Stay tuned. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend till Monday. Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.